Should student athletes be allowed to get paid for endorsement deals? We'll talk with former athletes about the move to change college sports in Florida and sidelining black coaches. When it comes to hiring and firing, are coaches of color being held to a different standard? An important discussion coming up. All right, welcome to NBC6 Voices. I'm Jawan Strader. Well, state lawmakers in Tallahassee will soon consider proposals that allow college student athletes to earn compensation for the use of the names, images, and likeness. The governing board of the NCAA has already voted to address this issue, but it may take years before we see any formal changes out there. Now, Governor Ron DeSantis supports bills written by a handful of Florida lawmakers. They will be considered in the upcoming legislative session. Their goal is to make changes now for student athletes instead of waiting for the NCAA. And Representative Keone Begee, he joins us now. He wrote one of the proposals that would allow college athletes to sign product endorsement deals out there. And we have two players, former players, joining us, also student athletes themselves at one point. And we have uh, <laughs> really good. And we have Wale Agunleya. He joins us now. He played football at uh, Indiana University, my alma mater out there, before joining the <laughs> Miami Dolphins in 2000. And Dwayne Starks. He played football for the University of Miami and was the 10th overall draft pick back in 1998. He signed with Baltimore Ravens and was part of the team that won Super Bowl 35. But Wale, you went to the Super Bowl as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's not, let's yeah. not forget that. Dwayne's <laughs> getting all the props right we now. We finished the deal. I know, but. exactly. Exactly. Well, let's get right to it, uh, fellas. Let's just go. Let's get right to the point here. Should student athletes get paid? I definitely say yes. I mean, there's so much that's going on in, in, in the uh, NCAA right now mm -hmm. and the collegiate football, basketball, baseball. All of those teams are generating billions of dollars for their for their schools. So therefore, you have the problem. Here's the main problem. 0.8% of athletes make it to the next level. Right. So therefore, you're giving a sacrifice, although you're getting your education, right. you're, you're creating a sacrifice to get to the next level. And if you don't, you have nothing to fall back on but your education. Now, Good point. not everyone is blessed to get an education. Right. In the sense of getting through, getting a major degree that's going to land you a, a good job. So therefore, Give them pay. Make, make, make it pay. Okay, let me play devil's yeah. advocate here because you have some people at home that are watching <laughs> and they totally disagree. They're like, no, 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 Dwayne, man, you guys, you, you, you got it made, man. You're a campus. You got a scholarship to a, to a, to a university. And why should you get paid? I'm not getting paid as a student that's going to class every day. <laughs> okay, here's my argument. Just think about the final four. The final four is bringing in over maybe $400 million, maybe more, maybe yeah. even more. But the athlete gets paid nothing. They put, they put that money in a pool to go mm -hmm. towards all the other programs in a sense to go to, into the basket, what they call it, to, to share to the school. Meaning the athletic programs are using that money to advertise more. Now, if you think about it, why are certain individuals going to certain schools maybe because they're influenced by the sport or maybe they're influenced by you know particularly maybe law or something else right but that money is going towards an athletic program for advertising uh 
dorms, yes. all of those things, but nothing goes into the athlete's pocket. All right, Keone, I know you want to chime in. Let me go over here to Wale first, and then we're going to chime. Because, uh, Keone, you're a big part of this. So we're going to get, we're gonna get, we're gonna get to <laughs> I thought it's because they went to the Super Bowl, but I do watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Wale, your thoughts on this? Um, I, think, I think students should be paid. I just think the, the amount of revenue that these colleges and universities are bringing in is astronomical. And if you look at the salaries of some of these co head coaches, um, you can't tell me there's not a business. There's teams that and universities that will give a college coach $10 million just to walk away right. and not coach. The t so to say that it's not a business is not fair. What I think, if I was using my own two cents, maybe set up a, a fund yes. and put it to where kids can say, if I completed two years, three years, four years, the more that I have completed and get my degree, then I can get that whole pot as, as I walk Well, that, that, that's the issue oh, then because it's about how much do you get paid then as a student athlete? Well, we got to be fair and let's be honest about it, okay? There's revenue-driven sports and there's sports mm -hmm. that are not revenue-driven. So if you're playing a sport at a school, going there for free, then that argument of you having a good time works. But if you're playing at the University of Miami football, and they're LSU. bringing in, or LSU, <laughs> or even Indiana University, who last year brought in $125 million revenue to the school. If you're one of those revenue-driven sports, we have to have a discussion of how do we compensate the amount of money that you're bringing into the school. We just have to have that discussion. But what if you play, okay, so what if I'm on the swim team? What if I'm playing golf? But the truth, you're not bringing revenue in. We got to start looking at it as a business. Right. So, as you, as who you are here at, at NBC, you're, you're you're the biggest star out, right? They're taking <laughs> care of you, right? So, and, and that's the way it is. Is like if you're not the star, we've got to realize, like, listen, you're getting a free education, you're getting this experience at Indiana University, which should be enough. But if you're playing in Alabama, if you're playing Indiana basketball, you're bringing in hundreds of millions of dollars. Hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't even care about making it the pros. Yeah. The fact in the matter is you're in a business already. So the fact that we've been able to allow student athletes right. to be treated as just student athletes and basically free labor when you give them a $100,000 scholarship, you know what, forget the $100,000 scholarship, give it to me later. Right. I bet you my play on the field can pay for my scholarship plus some. Mm. So give me that scholarship. I'll pay for it out of my own pocket, maybe. Right. And give me, give me the money. I'll pay for it out of my own pocket, and I'll have money on the side. This brother, so you, you've already like broken it down. You already figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> so you, we need to put you with the NCAA. He's already thought about this. Okay, Keone. Okay, Keone. Now we're gonna get to you. And the reason why I wanted to save you kind of uh, as a third person here is because you did introduce a proposal. So I already know how you feel about this. You think that these student athletes should get compensated in some way. What made you do that? Well, let me let me just back up one second. I just want to say yes, you are a star. Yeah, uh, oh, you, you, you are a star. Thank yes, you, you are a star. Thank you, brother. Uh, but I, I, the bill I filed essentially speaks to name, images, and likeness. As it relates to pure compensation for football, this is not that bill. That The bill I filed, House Bill 251, essentially says if a third party is going to use the name, the image, the likeness of a particular player, at least, at least bring that player to the table where there can be a bargain for their name, images, and likeness. That's pretty much all it says. And in my, in my understanding, that is what we call the free market. And if we're really looking at this, we're talking about property rights. Where else can you go and someone can, you know, force you to give up the rights to making a compensation 
on your name. Yes. It's like somebody walking up to you and saying to you, like, you can't use your name, even if it's just for a video game or if it's for a YouTube commercial or just a YouTube video. You cannot use your name and be compensated. And, and, and the governor is expected. Because I gave you a scholarship. Exactly. And the governor is expected to sign this proposal of yours. Yes, the, the, gov the governor has, uh, we, we, the governor is on board with the concept. He likes, he loves the concept. As a matter of fact, we did the press conference. And he's, he's basically has said to the NCAA, along with what we're saying, is that something has to change. And if the NCAA doesn't change it, we will change it for them. Amen. Okay, the last take, uh, guys, I'm running out of time. Last take from this that you think that folks need to look at when, when looking at this. I think they leave, it's fairness. It's, it's about fairness. It, it makes no sense that a student who's in college on a, a, a art scholarship yeah. is allowed to sell his or her artwork with his or her name while a student athlete who sits in the same classroom mm -hmm. cannot use a YouTube video to promote his or her own name. Okay, Wale, yeah. final word. I would agree. I, listen, I love you know, his, his stance and his bill he's proposed. I would think, it, I would add, let's say, let's get a financial literacy added to that so that these yeah. guys that are getting this wow. money are able to use it the right way and know how to spend it and, and save it so that they're, they're not broke at the end. Dwayne? Yeah, I definitely think about it because when you have a team that wins a national championship and you see the coaches receiving $380,000, wow. but the team, the hmm. actual players do not receive anything, it has to be some type of change. Yeah, especially if I'm wearing your jersey number around on campus. <laughs> exactly. I'm on campus exactly. and I bought and you don't get a thing from it and you drive around in a hoopty. Right. So right. everyone's capitalizing off, the, yes. off of these players' brand Yes. besides them. Okay. Scholarship I, is not going to do it. Amen. And we know that this is still in the works, ladies and gentlemen. This is all athletes in the NCAA, by the way. And, uh, of course, this is going to be ongoing. We know we're still a few years out from this becoming yes. a reality. So I want to thank all of you for joining me this morning. I really appreciate Thank it. You. Thank, Thank you. you so much. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to NBC6 Voices. Well, we are continuing our look at sports, focusing now on coaches. At the beginning of the 2019 college football season, there were just 14 black head coaches out of the 130 schools in the NCAA's FBS. Three were fired by the beginning of this month. None of their replacements are black. Now the numbers in pro football are not any better. Take a look at this. As of right now, there are only three full-time black coaches in the NFL. The Dolphins, Brian Flores, as you know, Anthony Lynn of the Los Angeles Chargers, and Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Perry Fuel is now interim coach of the Carolina Panthers. So are black coaches out there held to a different standard than their white counterparts? Here now to discuss are Ernest Jones. He's the athletic director of Florida Memorial University and former interim head coach at Morgan State and head coach at Alcorn State. Also joining us this morning is WTVJ digital producer Jason Parker. He also writes extensive, extensively about football uh, for not only us, but also uh, FSU alum. Mm -hmm. um, you, you've written some blogs out there as well. Mm -hmm. Very knowledgeable, so I thought it was important to have him uh, as a journalist, but also someone who follows this very closely and also being an FSU alum mm -hmm. here on the show to talk a little bit more about that. So uh, good morning and welcome. Thank you guys for joining us. Good morning, Joanne. Thank Thanks for having, having us. us. All right, so, okay, well, Ernest, let's get right to it. So you, you've been a head coach. Yes, you, you've been there. You've, you've been along those ranks. Is there a double standard? I think so. Yes, sir. Why? You say you think so. 
You think so? Do you, do you, why? Do you know from experience? I do. I mean, I've been able to see it from all levels, from F FBS level, FCS level, uh, BCS level, mid-major level. At the, at the same time, you get the opportunity, but we don't always get the opportunity to see it all the way through. We, you know, the first sign of failure, the first sign of something negative happening, they'll cut us loose. Do you believe that you are judged harsher than someone who is not black? I think so. I really do. I just think that, you know, sometimes, and, and I'm ashamed to say, but uh, they look at it as an intellectual thing and that not all the time that uh, African-American people have the same type of intellect as our counterparts. And I think that we get judged because of that. All right. Ooh, that's, I, want, I want to talk a little bit more about this for sure. So hold some of those thoughts because we're going to get a little bit deeper into this discussion. All right, Jason, let's get right to it, especially in regards to FSU. Willie Taggart. Willie Taggart, mm -hmm. he just really just started. Wasn't even halfway completed with his contract. 21 games. 21 and, and I games. I think it's important for people to say that is he didn't even get two full seasons to coach at Florida State. Now, let's be honest. Willie Taggart was fired because Florida State had a bad loss at home to rival Miami. He was 0-5 against rivals by that point against Clemson, Florida, and Miami. Right. And 9-12 record. So he was fired for those reasons. Let's, let's, let's look at that. I think the thing with Willie Tyler was he was never given a chance. And, and like Ernest talked about, Willie was dealing with the pressure from the beginning, from being right. the first full-time African-American head coach at Florida State, only the second one in the, whole, in the entire state of Florida amongst mm -hmm. the big three schools. You had Randy Shannon in Miami for four seasons and then uh, Willie at Florida State. He was never given that chance from the beginning. He was never given the chance to succeed. Uh, you know, losing the first game against Virginia Tech, it was, oh, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Not let's let, the, let this guy have a chance to work completely revamping the system both offensively and defensively. Right. And, and like Ernest has said, like we talked about off camera, black head coaches are held to a different standard and there's that amount of pressure from the beginning so that at that first sign of failure, it's like, you know, Denzel Washington's character in Remember the Titans, at the first sign of failure, the first loss, you're mm -hmm. immediately going to be fired. In a lot of cases, people don't realize it. That's that's what goes on with the black and, head coach. And Ernest, I see you shaking your head, just shaking your head at everything <laughs> he's saying. Is that true? That is true. I mean, we're thinking about winning and losing. We're, we should be thinking about preparing these young people to go out here and compete, preparing our staff to be able to make sure that they're equipped to be able to go and coach the game. But we're focused on winning the game because we know if we lose that game, they're going to scrutinize us. They're going to scrutinize the play call. They're going to scrutinize who we put in the game at quarterback or running back at defensive back. They don't talk like that with our counterparts, but when we make those decisions, they talk to us about it. Do you see some parallels here when you, when you look at maybe being a black quarterback? You know, being a black quarterback, oh, he's, he, he's not intelligent enough. He, he, can't, he, he doesn't know exactly what he's doing out there. He just wants to run all the time. And then all of a sudden, we were able to get kind of over the hump with the black quarterback. Do you see parallels there when it comes to the black athlete, the, the black coach? the black uh, front office guy. Absolutely, the best quarterback in the NFL right now is, a, uh, is an African-American, but mostly what they're talking about is how fast he runs, mm -hmm. how many yards he runs for, and what he's doing versus not, oh, he's an intelligent quarterback. He makes all the reads, he makes all the throws, he places the ball in the right area. They're not saying that, they're just talking about his skill set. Oh, let, let, let's, <clears throat> let's remember this now. He played with one of the, the top Black quarterbacks of all time, and that mm -hmm. was with who? Steve McNair. Steve McNair. And when Steve McNair went to the NFL, they would not let him throw the football. For the first 
three to five years, he was running the football or throwing five-yard mm -hmm. passes. And you're talking about a guy that can put it in the air 70-plus yards effortlessly. And when he got to finally throw the ball, what happened? The Titans <laughs> went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they went they to almost, the Super Bowl. Won, okay, so. real fast, because I, I, I definitely want to continue this. What needs to happen? What needs to happen so that there are changes that are made so we don't continue to see this double, so-called double standard when it comes to black coaches? I mean, I would say, just as Jeff said, at least give us a, the chance. If you thought enough of us to hire us and you gave us a five-year contract, give us an opportunity to see the five years through and let us build and grow and develop our programs. That's first and foremost. Jason, you, you mm -hmm. uh, again, you've written about this. What are your thoughts? I think, and I will agree with what Ernest said, I think a chance needs to be given. You need to be, and using Flores say as an example, and, you know, bashing my alma mater a little bit on this one, but you have to give somebody more than 21 games. You know, Randy Shannon at the University of Miami, his first season, they went five and seven. I was there in the final game in the Orange Bowl when he was getting yelled at Miami fans, calling him the N-word, and he's sitting there, that's a Miami grad, a, a national championship winning player who's getting insulted, and instead of saying, you know, derogatory things, it's literally going after somebody over their skin color. So this is something that's been going on for a while. Unfortunately, it's something that is going to continue to go on. And I hate to say it like no, that, no, but, but, it's I, that is but, but it's the truth, though, and, and, and I appreciate right. your honesty because, no, it will. Yeah. It will, but, but the, the funny thing, you have Tony Dungy who won the Super Bowl, who mm -hmm. went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl, right. and, and yet still you're judged there as a black coach. Absolutely. Even in the NFL, you go to Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin's won two Super Bowls right. with one of the greatest franchises in the NFL. He started off slow at the beginning of the season. They were ready to run him out, run him out of there. Okay. Well, unfortunately, I just ran out of time. So I know we can continue this, right. this discussion, and hopefully we can uh, at another day. Thank you both for joining me Thank this morning. We'll be right back. And we want to tell you about the Voices podcast. You can listen to the show's episodes anytime and anywhere. Be sure to subscribe to Voices on the Apple Podcast app. And that's it for our show today. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And you can also message us on social media if you have a story idea. And before we go, remember, education is the key to success. If you believe, you will succeed. We'll see you next time and have a great weekend and happy holidays.